So this is episode two of Oldest Wool, the podcast on the budget. Before we get into the episode, uh, as of right now, uh, I think we dropped our first episode two hours ago, and y'all are really going crazy. I want to give a big thank you to all the listeners and people who have supported on you know social media, reaching out to me, reposting on their stories, or just tuning into their po- tuning into the podcast, like. That means a lot. Uh, you really don't have to do that. And you went out of your way to show appreciation. So I really respect that. And uh, it helps the podcast grow. And I really appreciate you know, your efforts. Also, a shout out to my guy, Jackson, for helping create the cover arts and um, the artwork for the YouTube banner, as well as the profile picture on the social media page. Uh, he helped with the design. So just shout out to him. I'm excited to welcome... Our guest, who is a future prime minister, TV show enthusiast, certified Star Wars geek, Luffy, what's good? <laughs> Great intro. Um, hi, Timmy. How are you? Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be um, your second guest on the podcast. I just want to say congratulations on the success. Um, as you said earlier, you know, it's blowing up. The launch is going very well. Very excited for the future. So congrats, bro. This is a, a great, great thing. And um you know, it, it's going to blow up even more now that you have me on. So you must be very. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, hopefully this episode goes crazier than the first one. I, I know. See. Actually, um, Dami posted on her story saying the best guest um, that Timmy will ever have. And I replied saying the second best guest. <laughs> I replied saying that's questionable because you never know. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. True. I mean, yeah. we know now. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Don't get carried away, dog. Don't get carried away. So we just to provide a bit of context to the listener. Uh, we've been best friends since year five, which is the equivalent to fourth grade. So we met 2011. Uh, we just joined. We were both new students at a brand new school and we were in the same homeroom slash form class. So, yeah, we just kind of met each other, became friends from that from that point on. Been friends for like, huh? Five LS. Yeah, 5LS, gang. You know the vibes. Come yeah. on. How it started, how it's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been friends for like, what, nine and a half years? Yeah, so. um, nine and a Yes, nine and a half. It'll be 10 in, in September, hopefully. Yeah. So that's like more, more than half our... Uh, about half our lives. About. Yeah, I remember, I think the first... You remember back in year five, I had like a club called like MI5. I think the first time I spoke to you, didn't we recruit... Rec- 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 recruit you to be our spy or something yeah 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 i remember that um, yeah. did you join i don't i don't remember I, no I, I joined you know to be part yeah. of a secret society in, in fourth grade or your five is definitely the move and i was trying to make friends, <laughs> so. the most exciting thing you could do back then exactly yeah your five was a movie though i'm not gonna lie it was, yeah. it was, a, it was a whole film a whole documentary cancun, cancun you know the vibes <laughs> But I just wanted to ask, right? I'm not trying to make this podcast about me because obviously you're the guest and I want to learn more about you, even though I know a lot about you already. But when you met me for the first time, what were your first impressions, if you had any, or if you can remember? Um, well, first of all, I mean, the podcast, I guess, is about you, right? Because it's called Olu Swall, um, which for those of you who don't know, is a, can I reveal the secret of where the name comes from? Uh, don't reveal the actual name that it comes from. But okay. You can reveal, okay. You can, you can reveal <laughs> but you can reveal the origin story. Um, 
Okay, um, I, I don't know what you mean by that, so I'll just, I'll just skip over what I said. <laughs> okay, um, I, I honestly, um, I don't remember um, what I thought when I first met you. Um, I just, I remember the story I just told about wanting you to be our spy. I mean, you must have had characteristics that would have made me think you're a good spy. Um, very, very quiet. Um, you know, people used to, back then, people used to joke about how you're a robot, remember, because you never, they thought you never smiled. And they used to come up and ask me when we were good friends. They were like, have you ever seen Timmy smile? And I was like, yes. Um, he has a very nice smile. He's very, like Kanye West. You know how he never smiles, but when he does, it's like very nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a so, good analogy. So, um, <laughs> other, other than that, I don't remember much about year five. I because I, I was, um, I think I was better friends with, remember Ahmed Abu Rosa? Yeah, 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 I remember the guy back then. Yeah, yeah, so I don't remember much of you from year five, to be honest. But I mean, I remember liking you, I guess, because we were friends. So, sorry. No, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, year five was a fever dream, so a little hard to remember. But I wanted to it, see. It's kind of hard. I was talking about this with Dami, right? Mm. I already know a lot. When you already know a lot about the person you bring on your podcast, it's kind of hard to. You know, think of things to talk about because, yeah. you know, you already know a lot about them already. But, you know, I wanted to ask about culture, you know. So, people, for people who don't know, Lofi is Algerian, right? And uh, Algeria, that's in North Africa, right? If you come up to Lofi and you, say, you call him Arab, he'll be like, I'm not Arab, I'm Berber, right? Correct. Because, you know, Berber is an ethnic group and uh, it's an ethnic group found in, I think, I think most populations are concentrated in North Africa and there are yeah. a few in West Africa. I saw Correct. it on Wikipedia. So I did uh, research. Yeah. You've yeah. done your preparation. I have. I have. During my research. Remember During that. my research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to ask you, what, like, tell us a bit about Berber culture and what that has meant to you throughout your life. Um, okay. Um... So, uh, as Timmy will tell you, I'm Berber. So the, I mean, the, the backstory is there were kind of remnants um, of the Ottoman Empire who were kind of pre pre Arab inhabitants of the kind of North Africa region. So Algeria, Morocco, Tunisia, Libya. I think North Chad as well, um, and we kind of reach into a little Niger in terms of our language. But um, I mean, I. I in terms of what the culture is meant to be. I mean, we have very nice Berber artwork in our house, if that counts. But um, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've kind of always kind of been like a, a third culture kid. I guess that's what they call them, right? When you're, you're originally from somewhere and you grow up somewhere else and you live somewhere else. Um, but, you know, we've always, you know, done the cultural tra traditions, couscous Fridays, as you call them. Every Friday you have couscous, very North African tradition. But... Um, yeah, that's. I mean, it's a it's a good question in that I can't answer it. But um, yeah, it's mostly. I mean, culturally, we don't have any kind of distinctly significant norms. I mean, I guess if you go to Algeria when you have a family wedding, kind of have a Berberized wedding, Berber dresses and whatnot. But um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, in terms of growing up, I don't think it's affected me that much. Um, mm. But you know, it's pretty cool. I mean, it'd be cooler if people knew what it was, but. If they tune into this incredibly popular podcast, um, then I'm sure they will. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, is there? Because I know you speak French and you speak Algerian Arabic. Mm. 
but is there a Berber? Is there a Berber language? Isn't there? There, there is a Berber language. Um, I okay. don't speak it. Um, my mum does not speak it. My dad does because his um, parents spoke it, and okay. it's kind of uh, a dying dead language, I guess. How does it sound? Like, is it a mixture of certain other languages, or like, how would you describe that to the listener? Very. Um, it sounds. It kind of gives me like Turkish vibes, which I guess makes sense, right? Because Ottoman Empire kind of encompassed the region, but very different to anything they would have heard. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of A's and Z's and R's. Um, so yeah, that's that's the description. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I want to link that to growing up bilingual because um, that's a. Bilingual. Try oh yeah 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 true, yeah. true, true. but that's because a lot of you know Americans grow up only speaking one language even if their parents are from somewhere else right and I just wanted to I remember you told me that when you were a little kid there is a rule where because you're living in you were living in London right so you're yeah. obviously interacting in English with your peers and people outside of your family but at home was it only French you spoke well, only it... French and Algerian Arabic. I mean, I guess the, okay. the two mixed in, you know, Algerian Arabic has a lot of French within it. So you learn one, you kind of learn the other one automatically. Uh-huh. Okay. My question is, when you were kind of code switching between diff those different environments, did you, was it like, was it hard for you as a little kid or did it just kind of come naturally? Yes, actually, I have a funny story to tell. Um, when there was a time in 2006 where we lived in Oman, but only for three months because it was just like a temporary moving thing. And before that, we'd been in Algeria for a month. And because I hadn't been in the UK for a while, I kind of lost my English. So I remember we did an, an interview at the British School of Muscat, which is where I studied. And the, the teacher was talking to me. To me and my parents told me I turned to them, and in Arabic, I was like, "What did What did he just say?" Because I couldn't understand the most basic English. So I guess at times it is quite difficult to become fully fluent in one of the languages, right? Um, and I remember, if, if you think back to year six, year seven, year eight, when a teacher or someone would use a kind of advanced piece of vocabulary, a lot of times I'd turn to you and I'd be like, "What does that mean?" Right? Like I'd ask you a lot about certain words, not that much because they're still fluent in English. Um, but there were certain words I'd be like, what does that mean? And you'll be like, oh, it's this, it's this. Um, and then the same thing when I go back to Algeria, sometimes I'll be like, oh, what's that? Um, so I guess it does make it a little more difficult to become fully fluent in one language, especially when you're growing up young and you're speaking a language at home and then another language when you're outside of the house. Um, but now at this stage, when I'm 18, it, it's nice. I think it's nice to be trilingual um because um i mean in my case none of my extended family really speaks english so it's not much of a choice if i want to interact with them but um yeah it's, it's pretty cool and i speak a bit of mandarin too as do you um huh? i can i can have it actually when when i went to uni there was a a chinese guy there and his english wasn't very good so i spoke to him in mandarin and he was very impressed so we'll call it three and a half lingual maybe but um, yeah, that's, it's, it's, that's, a, that's a generous half, dog. That's a generous yeah, half. <laughs> that is a generous half. And it's cool, although I would say tricky when you're young. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's interesting because, I mean, I, I only speak English fluently. Uh, I mean, 
I I know a bit of Mandarin from doing you know A level Mandarin and I can speak and a I bit of uh, a bit of yo yo. Yeah, a bit of I mean I yeah I understand a bit of Yoruba, but I don't I don't speak it. Like it was never we always spoke English in the house, so it can't I, <laughs> we're not gonna make this a uh, Yoruba pronunciation session. I'm not even the best person to. <laughs> no, it's you know it's more because I'm not even the best person to teach you about the intonations because yeah, I'm not I'm not a fluent speaker of the language. So, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting um, scenarios you brought up there. I wanted to transition to like being a creative. So if you go on YouTube and you dig deep into the archives. You can find a video of. <laughs> you no can find way! A, you can no find a, way are you doing this? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not, that's not, that's not the that's not the main focus though. If you okay, dig deep into the YouTube archives, floating around somewhere in the on the web, there's a photo, there's a video of a ten year old Lotfi making a video about his top ten DC superheroes, and it's kind right. of funny to watch. It might yeah, not be there anymore. Favorite. I don't know. If I it's don't still think there. It, um. Although I don't know what, what what the name of the channel was, so and I've I've tried to search for it in the past, but I, yeah, yeah. If you can't find it, it, chances are the listener can't find it too. So yeah, you know, well, hopefully. Uh, hopefully, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be searching for it after this. Yeah, it's just more popularity. Go crazy, you know. Oh, you could become, you could go viral, be the next ten year old sensation. I'll be the next Olu Swole. Next Olu Swole, yeah. Oluswo walked so you could run. Of course. But and then more recently, when you were probably around seventeen, eighteen, you're still eighteen now, but you're talking sure. about maybe starting a political blog yeah. or of some sorts. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to ask, are you still interested in getting into the creative space? And if so, how would you go about doing that? Um I am interested in in entering the creative space. Not so much videos about my top ten DC superheroes anymore, um, and I'm pretty sure you're the only person who's ever watched that video. Although um, I did show it to Yasin as well because he was also a DC fan back in the day, yeah. and he told me that he approved of my of my collection of the ten, which which I was glad to hear. But um, that's a good question. I I guess. I'm, there are certain publications where there are areas to submit an opinion editorial and op-ed. So my idea, I guess, um, and I'm sure it's something I start. I want to start looking into more intensely when I'm kind of done with this year of uni, because I have quite a long summer and I don't think I'll be doing much traveling for obvious reasons. Um, so I, I would imagine trying to write certain opinion editorials with political undertones and then when I have kind of an established name maybe moving to like my own page on on medium where you publish your own writing and have kind of some of my publications there and then eventually maybe turn that into a blog then you can add uh, I'm telling everyone my very intelligent business plan and I'm sure someone's going to take it because it's very smart um (laughs) um so and then have a website but I'm sure I will tap Jackson the the main man of artistry to design um, of certain publications there of things that I've written about and then you we can have some Google ads and like a an ad free um, an ad free paid section like you know that's what the the kids are doing these days you know like one pound ninety nine a month no ads so that's kind of the rough plan but um, you know no definitive plan for now 
but definitely something I want to to look into in the future. As you know, I'm very politically interested and I like writing. So I guess the combination of the two. Yeah, yeah. Like that makes a lot of sense for you, especially as someone who, you know, enjoys writing, like you said, someone who's into politics, someone who's done debate in high school, all that. Uh, I'm sure when we told people my resume for the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm giving you a LinkedIn shout out. You know. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll put the link to this YouTube video on my LinkedIn so employers exactly. can come watch. You can put the DC Superhero YouTube link as well. Two for one. If, if anyone can find it. Or I think for now, when people find it. Yeah. Any listeners, y'all can find that video. Um, Ten dollars. I'll be very price. happy. Who's that, who's that money coming from? Is it me or you? It's not, <laughs> it's not coming from me. I didn't want anyone to know. It's not coming from me. I didn't, I didn't announce the prize, so it's not coming from me, dog. Okay. I'll I'll give you ten dollars then to the viewer. Nah, nah. If you find the video though, I will be grateful for your hard you work. You will give them a shout out in the in a future video. Yeah, yeah. I'll give them a shout out because that's that's hard work and dedication. That's like going through the dark depths of the internet to find something. Like respect. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, when you're studying law, and I know that I was I was I was gonna say that this. Entering that kind of gray space makes sense for you as someone who has always been interested in that kind of, you know, argumentative kind of stuff. You're studying law, which also complements that. And I'm sure when you told people you're going to be a lawyer, uh, people weren't surprised. You know, they yeah. kind of expect you to go into that kind of space. Uh, so mm -hmm. how did you did you always know that you were going to be interested in something like law? I'm not trying to make this podcast episode to you know, focus on academia. But yeah, you know, so just a yeah. So, um, honestly, um, as much as they advise against this, the first time, I mean, I kind of wanted to do law from the TV show Suits, but not ever because I thought it would be like the show. But after watching Suits, which my brother urged me to watch a few years ago, I was like, "Ooh, law as a career path." It's not something I'd ever th um, thought of at the time. And simultaneously, at the same time, I was starting to get into debating. You know, we did the golf debates, the bike competition together, and we also did the NYU competition those days, and we were in the debate society. Um, and I've always been, you know, quite not, I mean, not in a bad way, but argumentative, I guess, positively argumentative, if that's, um, if that's a term. Um, so I've always been kind of interested in a clash of ideas. Um, so after Suits had kind of given me the idea and given the kind of activities I was doing back then, um, it just kind of seemed like a, a natural a natural thing to aim to. And I think come year 11, which is grade 10 for the Americans, um, um, but I just, it just kind of seemed like the path I knew I wanted to go into. It's not something I ever kind of second-guessed or thought of twice. It was just like this, this is the way. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of had a similar... For my career path, oh, well, career, I don't have a career yet, but for how I decided on my major. You now, is, professional, professional podcaster? Yeah, I'm a podcaster. That's free. I was, I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, damn, I'm really a podcaster. Like, officially. <laughs> but linking to what you said, like, yeah, I just kind of, I always knew I was interested in business. And it kind of came from Camera Shot, which I'll get into. It was just camera shot is a weekly newspaper that we created in year six, right. AKA yeah. fifth grade. We ran it from yeah. four, for four years. So 
your six to your nine, fifth grade to eighth grade. And we, it, it was basically just, we, we were just, you know, making ourselves. It wasn't a school newspaper. It was just our own independent thing that we were creating ourselves, printing, uh, stapling, distributing it to people every week. And it was, it is, I, I didn't really realize that at that time because I was 10, but I like the idea of creating some sort of product. I think that's why I'm doing this podcast as well. I like the idea of like creating a product and then marketing it to yeah. people. Yeah, so actually, and, yeah. and I guess it kind of also links back to what you were saying about the creativity thing for me. I also think Camerashot was a big influence in terms of just wanting to work on a project and then kind of having that gleeful response once it's complete and you actually see your end result in your hands or on yeah. your screen in your case. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's the same feeling I got from doing Camera Shot. Um but speaking of Camera Shot, right? Camera Shot, if y'all if y'all weren't there when we were making Camera Shot, y'all missed out. I'm sorry. That was that was like the word on the street, you know, like Camera Shot was the publication. We were really we were really out there. Some young troopers. Sure. I want to ask I want to ask you like do you have any memorable experiences from creating that newspaper yes um well first of all a shout out to natalie who was our biggest fan um hopefully she'll be watching this um or yeah, listening shout out to her um she, she was our biggest fan i think she has a collection of them at home um yeah. i remember when we first discussed the idea i was very excited about it and i guess when i think back to it the memory that always comes to mind is when our class was lined outside the music class and we'd give them out that even either there or computer science or sometimes drama. I don't know why, but in my head, those are the three places I think of. I guess the memorable experience would be you remember on our on our I almost said on our um, three year You almost got caught in four K, dog. <laughs> yeah. On our was it three year anniversary that we did the donuts or four year anniversary? Um <laughs> Ooh, Ooh. Um, it, was, it was three or four, three or four. In, in one of our anniversaries, what we did is we brought donuts into school and we were giving out donuts with a, a copy of the newspaper to celebrate. It was October 4th, or 30th, if I'm not mistaken. October right? 20th. Oh, October 20th. Yeah. Okay. October 20th. Um, I guess you can see who's the serious one over the business. Um, so I, I remember that day, and we bought in way too much donuts. We had like you had like three boxes. I had two boxes. I think I had told you the night before that I'm not going to bring any. But then in the morning, my dad bought me some. That's why we had yeah. an excess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Six years on, but um, we were we were giving them out, and then we saw as the day progressed or the break time progressed. No one was actually really interested in the newspaper. They just came for the donuts. So it showed that the limitations of our fan base uh, to the few to the few real ones. Um, yeah, they they had a great time, and it was just, it was fun doing it. We'd have the the face of the the what was it the facial hair of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Timmy would Timmy used to draw a bunch of different like cartoon people with like different like weird facial hair, weird beards. And then you take a photo of one, and in every single edition, I think this was a later edition after one or two years, 
as a facial hair of the week at the end. But, you know, we'd make a crossword from scratch um, and, you know, Timmy would write the news section. We'd get comics from Go Comics. Go Comics, um, shout out to them. Yeah. Which Timmy was a day. But, um, yeah, I mean, when I think back to it, um, I think it kind of correlates with what you were saying about the fact that we wanted to do something, we did something. Um, it's just fond memories all around of the um, of the experience. Yeah, yeah. I also have very fond memories, and like you said, we we usually give it out. I think it's because it's it's kind of I I think it's because um our class because we had compass groups right, and that's basically that basically means for non academic subjects. So for subjects that were not math, English, and sciences, uh, we were just put in these groups, to put it simply, right? And they're randomly assigned. They're not assigned based on ability. So one of those classes were computer science or computer science or ICT or whatever you want to call it. And it just made sense to give people newspapers at that time because they could easily... I think they know, called it computing back then, right? In like year eight-ish. I don't know what they called the, it. They called it something. The, with Carl, Carl Bartley, you remember him? I remember him, I remember him. Yeah. He was a good guy, in case he's watching this. Yeah. So, I wanted to transition to um, your day-to-day life. As in, I've seen you, we've seen the photos, we've seen you putting in work in the gym. You've seen you putting in work. Ah, yes. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, you, you, well, you, were, you were shocked for a I second. You were like, you're talking about, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering, like, what was the what was the, the reason why you started working out? Um, well, I I guess for 18 years. I mean, I'm 18, so for 18 years of my life, I've always been overweight. Um, you know, in terms of uh, the statistics, if you will. But um, cause, yeah, I was born. I... <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I was born um, I was born an abnormally large baby. Um, How much weight? Ten pounds. I was um, four point five kilograms, so that's a little more than ten pounds, I believe. Um, yeah, I think it might be like ten point something. Um, so my mom had to have a C-section because I was too big. And from from you know from <laughs> as much as I can remember, I've been overweight. Um, I think the the thought was just like, if not now, when? And I guess the silver linings of the pandemic is that we're at home and especially, you know, lucky to be here in, in the UAE, there are kind of few restrictions. So we can go to the gym. It's obviously very close. It's proximal. It's free. So I'm just like, you know, why not? And I saw, I always thought that when I went to London to uni, I was going to lose weight then. And uh, the statistics show the opposite um, by, a, <laughs> by a, a, a happy margin. So I thought then I'd always be walking. I wouldn't cook much, but you know, the time I spent, at the time I thought I'd spend walking, I spent cooking, experimenting with various things. So, and it didn't turn out that well. But I guess, but while I've been here, I was just like, you know, this is the this is the time, and I've lost six kilograms so far in the last month or so. Talk to him. And, talk to him. So, yeah, of course. Um, and yeah, we're continuing down the the weight loss road. But um, yeah, I've never I've never really had any weight issues. I've never been, you know unhealthily overweight or at least i wouldn't say so after maybe some people would um you know and it's never been something that's bothered me per se like i was never really insecure about my weight but it's just you know if now that i have the time i'm at home there's nothing else to do it's like you know why not Mm. 
Mm. I feel that. Yeah, because at some yeah. point, if you have a goal, you know, or something you want to accomplish, you just kind of have to get past that mental block, which is having it in the, the mind, but like going from having it in your mind to actually putting it into action and, you know, putting it into fruition. Like that's, that's yeah. the hard part. And that also, was... I guess the realization that like I'm getting old now that uni and then in two years, graduate uni, get a job, hopefully, then, you know, get married, settle down, blah, blah, blah. And usually when people are married and are settling down in their late 30s, early 40s, they kind of stop caring about their weight. And they're like, oh, if I'm overweight, you know, who cares? Because, you know, in my youth, because my dad is also, we always make jokes about each other. And he was like, yeah, but when I was your age, I didn't look like that. And I was like, fair enough. Um, So um, I guess in, you know, in one's youth, is the time more so to be in a physically good shape and then as you get older it starts to fall off but i don't want to go my whole life without having the experience of what it is to be a normal weight yeah i think also you said that um once you get that get to that age where you're settling down and stuff like that you start you stop caring i think it's also from a biological uh you know there are also biological factors that go into that i think it's just harder to lose weight when you're yeah. when you're older, you just naturally put on weight. Uh, you have less time, right? Because you have a, a nine to five job, play with the kids on the weekends, take the wife out to dinner or yeah. whatnot. You don't have much time to get into shape. And now, without the pandemic, I would have more time. But with it comes the perfect um, scenario, I think. Not yeah. to say that the pandemic is good, of course. Um, yeah. but it has its moments. Yeah, I, I get you. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, our gym just reopened. I don't know if I'll go for a while though. I think I'll just uh be chilling. I don't think I'll go to the gym. But you don't you, need you mentioned you're in perfect shape. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to be a bit more active. I think I, I mean, have as, to just... as the name suggests, you are swole, are you not? Oh swole, come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Being out here, I've been trying to be a bit more active, and I think I kind of had to be because when I was at home for the first semester, I was just kind of, you know, chilling in my house. Yeah. But now I have to, if I don't go out of my, my room, if I don't walk, I'll pretty much die. Like, I have to get food. You know, I have yeah. to buy things for my for my room. So it forced me to be, more, be a bit more active. And I just wanted to transition to London because you were born out there. And mm-hmm. you go to school over there. What's yeah. it like just living in London? Because it's one of the most... I really like those vibrant cities like London, New York. Uh, I've never been to Shanghai, but I feel like Shanghai would be one of those kind of cities for me. How is it like living in such a melting pot of cultures? And um, uh, I love I mean, I love living there. Otherwise, obviously, I wouldn't have chosen to go there. So I love London, as I'm sure anyone who's been there does. And it is, as they say best capital and i mean i guess you know you said like london new york so to contrast it i think where london is because new york's very metropolitan but london's this like lovely mix of metropolitan old kind of historic roman architecture lots of greenery although i guess in new york they have central park but you know we have lots of greenery all around and then the river thames spiraling in the middle of central london so it's such like a nice mix of environments. You have like a bit of everything. Like if you want some quiet time with the nature, you go to the park. If you want to see some historical sites, you just 
walk anywhere well then they're kind of integrated with these big metropolitan buildings so it's great we uh, you know loads of lovely people everything's really compact and there's like a there's a really big walking culture there like you just because i live in you know zone one central so you just kind of walk anywhere and you can be anywhere and all these huge like you know the london eyes are just a view from my house it's just like one minute away and you have all these huge you know very well-known landmarks that are so proximal to you um so it's quite cool like i remember on the first day i got there and i went out um yeah i just walked for 20 minutes then i found myself at oxford street and i was like damn didn't know it was so close so it was, it's nice because everything's right next to you there's so much to do all the time and it's just it looks lovely and the weather's great that's cool yeah the, the, the walking point i definitely like that because and it kind of inspires you you see people jogging and you know being active yeah. outside it kind of it kind of adds energy to, to to the city, you know? Yeah, and I guess what, what you also said about at university, if you don't leave the house, you die. So when you yeah. when you go out to get supplies, you kind of get carried away and take a walk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Um, and obviously when you were in London last year in 2020, you were doing a lot of cooking because you were living on your own. And... You know, you have you, you you like your you know culinary stuff. You know, you watch a bit of Gordon Ramsay, Master Chef. You know, yeah. you like to leave food remo- food reviews on Zomato. Ah, uh, yes, for, for certain more exposition of all of past endeavors. Um, correct. <laughs> exactly. So I want to ask: Are you like? Do you see yourself doing anything significant in like the culinary arts space, or is that just a hobby? Um, I mean, significant in terms of the quality of the products, for sure. Significant, <laughs> significant in terms of the... I, don't, I mean, there were times when I was young that I wanted to be a chef. But I, I mean, I love cooking, but I love it because I've always found it very, like, therapeutic, calming. There are so many things you can do. Like, if you want to go into a career that involves the, the culinary arts, as you so lovely put it, lovely. Anyway, um, <laughs> if you go into a career... There's all the added stress, the time constraints working in a restaurant. So it's not necessarily something I'd want to do commercially. It's a lot more of a a personal hobby and something I just do when I'm bored or when I'm feeling adventurous in terms of wanting to try something or just, you know, when I need to rest. And, you know, it's just something that's very calming, very fun to do. But I doubt it's something I'll pursue professionally. Although I would have to, would love to have a lot of like dinner parties when I'm older, I'm like, you know, you know what a dinner party is? I think it's a very American thing where you just have people over for dinner. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I know Americans call it a dinner party. No, no, I don't no, think... no, I'm just saying, like, yeah, I know what it is. I mean, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. But I mean, yeah. I'm sure I have loads of those and try to have different circumstances where I can cook for people, but not necessarily in terms of a career. Okay, so more of a hobby. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you can, because uh, I remember last, well, uh, you, you call them terms in the UK, but I remember last semester, I remember a lot of you guys, you know, a lot of people from our school go to school in the UK. And um, I would see snaps of people cooking on their story, and it's just like the same pasta dish like every single day. You actually had some. You had some good stuff. Like you were, cool. you, you were showing yeah. out. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know how it is, as you say. But um, yeah, yeah, I have I have a bunch of photos of everything I've cooked. If anyone wants to hit me up after listening to this, from yeah. their intrigue and the desire to learn. Do you have a go-to meal that you like resorted to at home when you were there? I made I made a lot of curries there. I don't know particularly why, but it's just something very. I mean, people will be surprised. It's something very easy to make, um, and I love Indian food. So I guess I also obviously made a lot of pasta, but always something else with pasta. So, um, but in terms of something recurring that I had over and over, I'd probably say curry. Okay. Yeah, Indian, yeah, f- Indian food Indian. is definitely a move. Uh, yeah. Shout out, shout out. What's that place in uh, Eastern Mangrove? Pepper Mill? Pepper Mill? Yeah, it's Pepper Mill. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, shout out to them. Yeah, but remember when we went there and they had like super slow service and we got really annoyed. Yeah. But yeah. In, in general, I find, I mean, that place is a good exception. I find westernized Indian foods not particularly good. And I think a lot of commercial Indian restaurants are serving a lot of westernized Indian food, where they kind of have like this sweet, bland curry that's not spicy, which is not the move at all. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I get what you Myself with the authenticity. Yeah, the, the authenticity point is a great point because I think it just it doesn't just apply to Indian food. It also applies to just non-western cuisines mm. that yeah. you know are not you know they always taste better when they come from the people who have made it yeah. instead of yeah, also, a commercialized also, kind of product and also i think aside from the commercial point it's also a class thing because obviously in in india a lot of the food is kind of made not like you wouldn't expect to see a lot of the traditional cuisine in like these high-end five-star restaurants. It's definitely something a lot more common, something that everyone eats. Whereas if you look at very, um, if you look at very high-end cuisines, I mean, French comes to mind where they have all these super complex culinary techniques. That's the type of thing where the best French cuisine is something you'd find in like a five-star French restaurant. Whereas the best Indian cuisine, like if I went to the streets of India, I'm sure I'd get a much nicer curry than I would if I were to go to a five-star hotel and have it in the UK, for example. So I think mm-hmm. depending on the cuisine, the class thing has an effect. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast is turned into an, an analysis of class and cuisine. Yeah, maybe that'll be the episode name. Yeah, probably won't be. It, it probably won't be, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I usually determine the episode name. We were talking about this off the air, but yeah. I, I re-listened to the podcast as I'm ed- as I'm editing the audio file, and then that's how yeah. I determine I determine the name based on what we were talking about in the podcast. So maybe it'll be I think food I, related. We'll see. I yeah, know. or I I think dynamic duo would be a good name because back in the day we were known as the dynamic duo. Yes, sir. In our in our career, if you will. That is factual. I don't know if that'll be the name, though. Because I'd like to make it based <laughs> we'll have on to wait the... And see. Yeah. Huh? Although, I think the, the, the funny thing is the people watching it already know what the name is. So when they're watching this segment, they're going to be like, stop talking about the name. We already know what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but sure, sure, sure. we very much so wondering. True. I mean, in case they want to know about the process, then I'm just mm. letting them know. 
Yeah, but yeah, they will know the name. That's actually good insight. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're getting close to the end of the episode. I On Olu Swole, what we like to do is the Olu Swole Bowl. You know, a bowl, like a quiz bowl. So, what we do is we... Is that the thing? Yeah, the Olu Swole Bowl. <laughs> okay, I love it. This yeah. is exciting. Clearly, you haven't watched all the first episode because we, did it, we uh, did it there. Yeah, I, I just, watched them all of it. I just caught you in 4K. But uh, anyway, uh, I just... So, we just ask you questions that are completely unrelated to... Or maybe somewhat related to what we were talking about, but they're just kind of you know, you can give answers that you know reflects your opinions. What's one place that you want to go to that you've never been to before, and why? Um, any country in South America, because I've never been exposed to that kind of culture before. I agree. I agree. I want to go to. I've never been to South America. I want to try to go to Brazil. Yeah, like Peru or Chile or Argentina. Yeah. I want to, t- I want to try the food. and Yeah, it looks good. And it's just because I've been... Actually, I've never been to North America either. But I think I have a good yeah. idea of what Western culture is like. And I imagine it's not too different from the UK. But then I've been all over Asia. And also Sub-Saharan Africa, I must add. Um, I think the sub-Saharan Africa, no. Yeah, okay. So sub-Saharan African landscape, like the savannas, the mountains, I find all that very pretty. So I guess it'd be a tie between sub-Saharan Africa and South America, both for the same reason, um, that I've never experienced some kind of cultural thing like that before. Well, sub-Saharan Africa, I've obviously been there, uh, Nigeria, South Africa, but... For South America, though, I want to try the food. I, I just mm. feel like there's just I feel like uh, Latin food is is tasty. It just looks good. I've never really had yeah. a lot of it. So. I've never had it. Although in London, there's this street foods next place next to me, and they have a, a bunch of places from South America. And I went there with a friend. Um, you know how? Well, yeah, you do. Um, um, obviously, you do. Um, I was thinking, I was like, should I say her name? Should I not? But I, guess I mean, I you already um, name dropped like everybody else, so you might as well. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, if you're watching, but I think she had something. I don't know if it was Peru or Chile, but um, she had some kind of South American food that she liked it a lot. And I was meaning to try it before Boris Johnson kicked us out of our country. Um, so, uh, so it looked good. So my conception of South American food is nice, but I likewise never tried it. Yeah, same. Now moving on to the second question, you have a lot of experience uh, making videos about you know your favorite things. So I wanted to ask you. I know you're a DC guy, but oh I feel like <laughs> you're a DC guy, right? When mm-hmm. it comes to superheroes, but I know you you do like some Marvel movies, and I know Marvel is yeah. when it comes to the movie space. I think Marvel's popping more than DC is, respectfully. Uh, uh... I agree, disagree. So I have no, I have no so allegiance. I have no allegiance. I'm just telling you what mm-hmm. I think, right? What the culture is uh, is is saying. Yeah, what the culture. I'm just a I'm just a spokesperson for the culture. That's all. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, what are the top five greatest MCU movies? In your opinion? <laughs> okay. Um. I've uh. I've never. Yeah. 
anyone watching this who doesn't know me is going to be such think I'm such a geek because I mean, well, I kind of am. But because uh, I made the superhero <laughs> movie, you asked me that. And I think in the bio you said uh, a Star Wars geek or something Star Wars geek, right? I said cer- the- certified Star Wars certified, geek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, who certified me? You? Well, you by the Star Wars geek organization. You're certified. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I, I would say number one would be Infinity War because I liked it a lot. Do you want me to explain why each is my favorite, or do you want to just you can give a brief sentence? I mean, it's five movies. So... I like yeah. I like the way it was told from the villain's perspective. I thought it was a very compelling narrative and the flip on what one would typically expect from a movie. Um, the second that, I'd guess the villain. In, sorry. sorry, the villain. The villain is Thanos, right? Thanos. Yes, correct. Okay. Um, and I thought it was very well written. And I thought it was very entertaining to watch. The second is Endgame. A lot of people kind of say, you know, debate which one's the best between those two. I would say Infinity War. Second Endgame, also great. Third, Civil War was great. Fourth, let me think. I'm trying I'm trying to think of all of them. There are 23, I think. Age of Ultron? I, I'm not a fan. Same. Oh my goodness, remember when we went to the cinema to watch Age of Ultron? Yeah. And so what happened to everyone watching is there was, um, like, we, I, I think it was Ryan, right? Who booked the yeah, tickets yeah on. It, was, it was, it was. A lot of people just, just kind of rocked up without us knowing that they would. So there was a battle with, well, not a battle. <laughs> there, was a, um, there was a conundrum with the with the tickets and how many tickets there were and whether everyone would get one and at the end there was one ticket left and me and timmy the two people who didn't have a ticket so for 15 minutes you were like no you take it no you take it no you take it trying to be very nice um even though you know i'm pretty sure we both wanted it but obviously we had to act like we wanted to give it to the other person um (laughs) um so we um we, I ended up getting the ticket because Timmy was very kind enough to say, like, oh, I know you're a, you're much more of a geek. I know this means a lot more to you, so I took it. But this is the story. And we missed, like, 20 minutes of the movie because we were wrestling over the, to whom it should be given. But afterwards, we bought you a mug, remember, with Captain America yeah. on um, And we took it to your house as, like, a gift. But when I say we... Um, like one person, I think paid for it, but you know, it was all our collective idea. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, um, I know we paid for it. Yeah, I know we paid. For yeah. It. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, sorry, that's a side note of the story of Age of Ultron. Third, I did I say Civil War third? Okay, and then fourth and fifth. I don't know. I I don't. I mean, I think after you trickle down from the top three, all of them are kind of great in their own way, but. Certain ones I like, Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther, The Winter Soldier, Doctor Strange. Any of those four can be four and five. Yeah, Depend- I like Black, I like Black Panther, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, oh. and... <laughs> Did we watch it? <laughs> yeah. Did we watch it together? Uh, yeah, yeah. Black okay, Panther, cool. uh, Civil War is nice. Uh, what is it? Guardians of the Galaxy was nice too. Yeah. Yeah. Although Doctor Strange Two, we did not enjoy, if I remember correctly. No, I, I liked it. I liked it. I just didn't enjoy it as much as the first, but I liked it. All right, cool. So yeah, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. Uh, means a I lot. It. I honestly, I had the best time. I want to stay longer. I'm not saying that you have to accommodate me longer, but this is great. 
yeah yeah it was great yeah uh but fortunately i got some stuff to do before um yeah i think i interrupted your outro um so you can give it again if you want (laughs) okay okay so thanks a lot for coming on the pod uh means a lot for you you know coming out here (laughs) and going out of your way to you know show, show some love on the pod you showed a lot of love on uh socials and Oluswole, available on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And if you're watching this on YouTube, our socials are linked in yeah. the description. Peace. Yeah, and if, if you're on YouTube, go do all the good stuff, like, subscribe. And yeah, Timmy, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. And I would love to be back if you ever want to have me. But everyone, thank you for watching. You know, YouTube, like, subscribe, do all the good things. Go watch it everywhere and get the statistics up. Peace. Yes, sir. Peace.